think you're not afraid of the dark. If you think you have a strong stomach. If you feel nothing can shock you. If you believe you've seen everything. If you say you don't scare easily. What are they? The Ranchless Podcast, transmitting from the lab in Queens. I still can't get this right. I don't remember what I called it the first time, so what are you going to do? How y'all doing? How you been? It's good to be here with y'all. You know I'm rocking live and direct on a Friday. Salute to y'all. End of the week. I'm about to hit this bullet. Take one with me if you feel so inclined. <sighs> yeah. So let's get right into it. As always, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Please uh, go check out the short stories, all that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Spotify, everywhere. Mike Rips. It's on all social media, at Mike Rips. So, this has been an interesting week. Uh, Not too much going on, but remember last time I left y'all, I said I was uh, going to see the Irishman on Sunday or over the weekend or whatever. Well, that didn't end up happening because it was the New York Marathon. This is how dumb Brenda and I are. We are uh, literally, it was Sunday morning, we're just fucking around, whatever. And I literally put on the thing to watch for a second, the, uh, the marathon. We were watching it on TV. And then we got in the car to head to the Manhattan and it's like, we got right to the Triborough, and then it was just unbelievable traffic. And we're like, oh, wait a second, the marathon's going on. We literally almost got stuck in the city. I was like, god damn, what the fuck are we doing over here? I was freaking out. It was uh, pretty bad. I wanted to chop off all the runners' feet at that point. I was like, yo, where's David Berkowitz with an AK or an AR when you need him? I'm kidding, guys. I'm just, that was brutal. That was a bit much. But one thing we did do this week, speaking of Berkowitz, Brenda and I were watching a documentary about him. One of those true crime shows she loves. It. I don't know why women love those shows so much. I used to love them too. What does that say about me? I still do like them, but for a while I was really into 48 Hours Hard Evidence, Forensic Files. I'm sure I've mentioned that on here before. So... We're watching this David Berkowitz, Son of Sam, as you guys know, 70s serial killer in New York. And that serial killer title he gets kind of sort of bugging me because I'm watching it. And he went and he just shot people in their car. I'm like, you know, serial killer? I mean, with my serial killers, I wanted a little more graphic, a little, you know, can they cut somebody's face off and wear it? Maybe a little necrophilia? You know, can they cut off some tits and sew it on their own chest, maybe? You know, it's a real serial killer shit. You know, the plot of that movie Grim Love, cut off the guy's dick and then have it with him for dinner. Check that out if that movie scared me. <clears throat> Based on a true story from Germany. But yeah, I mean, is he even a serial I guess he's a serial killer, but I mean, he's more like, a, like a, a gang member. Maybe a mafia hitman, you know? 
just shooting people in the car. I mean, I need a, I need a bit more. I want a bit more for my serial killers. I'm just kidding, guys. But, yeah, the marathon prevented me from seeing Irishman. I am seeing it this weekend. And I did watch the Berkowitz documentary, Son of Sam, which I, do, I used to watch a lot of serial killer documentaries, too. Again, what does that say about me? Nothing good. Shows what my hobbies actually are. Hope the cops aren't listening. Anyway, so like I said, there wasn't too much that happened this week, but I wanted to go through an article that I stumbled upon. That's pretty relevant, and I've been waiting. I mentioned last week, I don't understand how taxi driver isn't getting attacked for being some kind of incel porn and being something for, like, all the drama that was going on about Joker. They could, you know, project that on taxi driver if they wanted to. And then especially that Seymour Marty's in the back of the cab and he says the N-word a bunch of times. I'm shocked they haven't gone after this movie. And maybe somebody has, and I don't know. I should probably Google that. But... Along those lines, uh, Fight Club is another movie that these pussies usually complain about. And there was a culprit this week from an article in The New Yorker. And I'd like to go through some of the article with y'all today, if not all of it. It was posted by Cinestate, which is a company, a movie company. It's uh, one of the best out right now. They put out my favorite movie of this year. I know I think last week I was probably saying, oh, Joker's my favorite movie of the year. Joker this, Joker that. But... It's between Joker and this other thing called Dragged Across Concrete that had uh, Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn in it. And this actually, I would have definitely talked about this movie on the podcast, but I watched it. It came out in, like, March on, you know, the on-demand and everything. So, Dragged Across Concrete. It was about two dirty cops. Don Johnson's in it. I forgot that one of the dudes from True Detective is in it. Michael Jai White is in it. It was, it's brilliant, and it's written by my favorite screenwriter out right now, S. Craig Zoller, who did Bone Tomahawk, Brawl in Cell Block 99, which I did that on the podcast many episodes ago, like a year or two ago. And he also wrote the last Puppet Master movie, uh, like Puppet Master Third Reich or something like that, or The New Reich, some, some shit. He's a Jewish dude. But it was an interesting take on the Puppet Master series because... They made it uh, like they were committing hate crimes and they were fooling the cops. And eventually there was like a Jewish dude, there was a black dude, there was like a Puerto Rican chick. And they all figured out that it was the puppets doing the hate crimes. Wow, I just spoiled the movie, damn it. But that doesn't say, that doesn't give it enough credit at all. It's a Puppet Master movie, so of course it's ridiculous, just horror fun. But I strongly recommend that because it's a B-movie with a legitimately very, very strong script. It's the best one besides... Puppet Master 2, which I'm sure I've talked about on here a lot. So I keep, I'm going off on a tangent on Cinestate and S. Craig Zoller, and maybe I should do like a, an episode that's kind of a deep dive about Dragged Across Concrete, because it's really, you know, it's like uh, a novel. It's two and a half hours long, and he makes all his shit long on purpose, but it's like a Jim Thompson novel, or it's like a uh, Max Allen's Collins novel. It, it was really good. And again, I don't know what I... It's either that or Joker was the best movie of the year. But Cinestate posted this article from The New Yorker that's about Fight Club, okay? Which is... I love the book. I love the movie. The, the movie's almost verbatim, the book. Uh, I mean, some people would be mad about that. I don't know. It's very, very close. I like the book a little more. I just, I don't know, reading's more interactive experience. 
I don't, I'm not crazy about the Chemical Brothers soundtrack on that either. But I, I love the film, regardless. It's like a five out of five, no question. But let's get into this article really quick, because it talks about what I was kind of saying I think they're going to call out Taxi Driver for eventually, if somebody hasn't already, but here we go. This is from The New Yorker, and it's written by Peter C. Baker. And the title of the article is, The Men Who Still Love Fight Club. In quotes. 20 years ago this fall, David Fincher's Fight Club went into wide release, drawing moviegoers into a tale of disaffected American men who chase authenticity by pummeling the shit out of one another in poorly lit basements. Sounds like... (laughs) You know, my fantasy that I have on Friday nights. In the course of the film, these men expand into low-grade pranks and vandalism and eventually form a terrorist cell called Project Mayhem that plants bombs and skyscrapers. The film, based on a relatively unknown 1996 novel by Chuck Palahniuk, Chuck Palahniuk took the top spot at the box office its opening weekend, but then quickly fizzled. On DVD, however... It found a second life, selling millions. Today, men still quote Fight Club, still discuss what the movie really means, and still dress like its characters for Halloween. In the debates surrounding the release of Todd Phillips' Joker, another movie about lost men rising up, Fight Club was one of the most reached-for comparisons. The movie has become part of the contemporary mass cultural canon through which large numbers of men try to think through masculinity. Masculinity, I mean, him, like, of course, a, a pussy like this fucking twat cunt would say, masculinity. Like, it's such a fucking bad thing, you know? I mean, I, I, I'm not into a bunch of fucking frat boys going all dude, fucking roid raging in front of me, but is masculinity necessarily a bad thing? I, I don't know. To pussies like this, because they're, they're threatened by it, that's why. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> The first sign that Fight Club might inspire men to do anything other than quote Fight Club on their Facebook walls came in the mid-2000s with the rise of the seduction community. By the way, this is this whole long thing here where he talks about these dudes doing that shit on uh, YouTube where it was, uh, you know, hookup artist or whatever. Some of this shit was weird. It was actual, like, fucking on YouTube, but they blank out. It's like Japanese porn, you know? Anyway, I want to get to a, uh, a good part of this article where I'm going to get triggered. <laughs> where, where are we going here? Oh, here? This is an interesting one. Here's an interesting graph. Over the summer, I talked about the enduring influence of Fight Club with Harris O'Malley, who runs a dating advice website called Paging Dr. Nerd Love. O'Malley offers dating advice to geeks of all stripes, Relationship tips geared toward fans of video games, comic books, sci-fi, and the like. Formulated with an eye toward steering people away from the appeal of PUA type. That's some kind of bullshit this guy said in the article. It's misogynistic snake oil. In the emails he receives and the one-on-one coaching sessions that he gives, O'Malley told me that Fight Club comes up so regularly that he has come to expect it. A lot of people who contact him for advice, he says, are young, disaffected men who feel they've done everything they were told to do. It's give me a fucking break. Fucking gross and blah. Here's the thing. 
if you're a fucking nerd and you can't get laid, just start hitting the gym. Stop jerking off to internet porn. I know this has become a right-wing thing, but if you're not fucking and you're just watching porn and you're not working out and anything, it's you're ruining your own life. If you're a young guy, I'm married, I'm out of the game, but I still uh, attempt, to, I attempt to not watch internet porn and jerk off. I, I'm failing at it miserably. Um, I attempt to work out as much and best I can. My job's pretty physical, too. This isn't even the paragraphs that I'm looking for, though. Where are we going? I mean, he keeps talking about these dating, these incels, trying to get incels laid. It's like, dude, you gotta do it on your own. Oh, here we go. This is, this is the fun part. To, by the way, Project Mayhem is some shit Polaniac, I don't know if it was a surrogate for something he was involved in in Portland that was called, uh, what the fuck was it called? The Cacophony Society. And uh, shout out to Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank. He had Polaniac on, uh, I don't know, a month or two ago, a few episodes back, and they, it was all about the Cacophony Society. And it, it the whole, you saw the crossover for sure between... Um, you know, what's his name? This uh, Project Mayhem and Cacophony Society. Damn. So let me let me go into this graph because again, that was all about the dating shit and you know who gives who fucking if you if you can't get laid, stop jerking off the internet porn and go to the gym and then just start approaching women or dudes or whatever you're into, you know, it's a free country, and I'm live and let live, do what you gotta do, you know? To my mind, stories like these, stories of men driven to take some ownership of their fate, but without seeking out opportunities to inflict pain on others, are more interesting and vital than anything in Fight Club. But how many people would want to watch these stories? Sitting in the theater, watching Joker, I felt only despair. The movie presents us with Arthur Fleck, a mentally ill social outcast, a white man, perhaps inevitably. So neglected and maltreated by the world that his recourse to violence is all but guaranteed. If jumping from one movie to another were possible, he would be a great candidate for Project Mayhem. But Justice Fight Club admits that Project Mayhem is a misguided bridge too far without showing more than a sliver of interest in alternatives, Joker presents a world so broken that a nihilistic existential lashing out, coupled with a hateful grin for the world that forced your hand, has become the only way for a lost man to assert his humanity. By the end of October, Joker was already the world's highest-grossing R-rated theatrical release of all time. Now, this guy is such a fucking pussy. I can't even get... By the way, Google what this cunt looks like. It's just... Oh, what he looks like. He's a fucking white, yuppie dickhead who probably lives in Tribeca where I had to work and do and unload doors today. And it ain't pretty driving down there in a truck, I tell you. But you guys are for the people, right? You're all about the working class, right? I get it, yeah. I've read all those books. Uh, the Engels and Marx and all that garbage, too. And it makes no logical sense regardless. But, you know, if that's what gets you off. Uh, here's another graph from this. It's funny. Recently, when I checked out Palladiac's novel from my local library, the librarian, a woman in her 30s, visibly struggled to hide her displeasure. She had a bad memory, she explained, of an ex-boyfriend who badgered her not just to watch the movie and read the book, but also to acknowledge its genius. I, I basically do that to Brenda with every single 
thing. I'm going to do it this weekend with the Irishman. Experiences like these seem to be fairly widespread and are referred to often on social media, of course. Fight Club, both the book and the movie, has its share of female fans, but it's also a symbol for certain insistent myopices of masculinity. The story is just one female character of any significance, Marla Singer, portrayed in the film by Helena Bottom Carter. The nameless narrator pines Marla through, though we never see him getting to know her well. Tyler uses her for acrobatic sex followed by emotional... Too bad you've never had acrobatic sex, you fucking... Anyway, sorry. What does it mean for a man to tell his girlfriend that this of every movie in the world is his favorite. For the moment, most favorite. Oh my God! Where there's one, there's one graph in this. I, I, I can't find it, and I'm fucking done with this fucking twat. I don't give a shit about your writing job for the New Yorker. You, you guys are poisoning the country, and I just find it bizarre that you think you're on the left. You're not. You're a rich dickhead. And you probably went to an Ivy League or better or something like along those lines, I'm guessing. And I bet I'm not far off, buddy. So, my main point with that, there's one part I couldn't get to and I don't feel like boring you guys anymore with this asshole. Is, uh... Where he like says something about Brady Ellis and Jordan Peterson and dudes that like Fight Club, they like Jordan Peterson and they like Brady Ellis. They also like like Christopher Hitchens and Richard Dawkins and Bill Maher and Mark Marin. A lot of other dumb motherfuckers. I got Jarrett Kobeck's book right here. You know, I don't give a shit about people's political views. I don't, and you shouldn't care about mine either. That's the problem with this country now. That, and I'm not going to blame either. It's, a, it's not the left. It's not that it's, uh, I, there's some culprits I would hold more accountable, like the Christian right and the cathedral, the evangelical left, the corporate press. They can all fuck themselves. They created this reality that we all have to deal with now, where you have some, I mean, white privilege. I don't even know. Do you want to look at this guy's Instagram and his Twitter? It's completely... You want to talk about myopia? Jesus Christ. Anyway, if you've never read or watched Fight Club, I highly recommend it. I recommend Dragged Across Concrete, and I recommend all, all of Brett Easton Ellis' novels. I haven't read all of them. I've read a couple. American Psycho. I don't know why American Psycho is not... You know, they like that. And he mentions Trump in the thing a lot. So, what are you going to do? Uh... What else do we got? Oh, something else that happened this week that I found interesting. I don't know anybody, anybody else out there listening might, was uh, the Color Out of Space trailer dropped. Now, I've been following this. This is for those Lovecraft heads and Lovecraft fans. You know, I'm one of them. I got a record coming out called Spitulu, because, of course, the Cthulhu mythos is what the Lovecraft stuff's all about. And... It's Spitulu, you get the idea. It's rapping about the Lovecraft shit. It's going to be dropping, just I'm going to put it online pretty soon. But Colorado Space was an H.P. Lovecraft short story. Of course, it took place in Massachusetts, somewhere around the 30s or the 40s. And now they got a film, a real movie, which doesn't usually happen with Lovecraft's work that much. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this story on here before, but I'm going to do it again, where uh, Guillermo del Toro was supposed to direct At the Mountains of Madness, and James Cameron has wanted to do it forever as well, but they can never get it off the ground because Del Toro insisted it be a period piece and the studio didn't want to do it. K- 
Cameron wanted it to be like that. I don't know. They couldn't end up making it happen one way or another. But we're actually seeing a fucking H.P. Lovecraft movie come out. Now, there's some things about this movie that are even more interesting than a Lovecraft movie coming out. It's not a period piece. From what I can tell, it doesn't take place in the 30s, but I couldn't completely tell from the trailer. I'll briefly summarize the story. It's about like a comet that crashes and leaves some remnants. A strange thing starts happening in a small New England town, which is, oh, they could basically say that for almost all of Lovecraft's work. It's always got slight variations on that, but that's more or less what they are. Most of them are about. Now, this movie is going to be starring Nicolas Cage. It's coming off Mandy, which I don't think I talked about Mandy on here. Maybe I did. Mandy was a psychotic movie where Nick Cage kind of made a comeback. And it was like a mix of uh, John Carpenter shit. I think on one of those random episodes I did, I talked about it. Like, in between when I was moving. Um, it's like a John Carpenter movie mixed with almost like a... Or they were trying to go for Jodorowsky. They failed miserably at that. But Mandy was cool and I liked it a lot. Color Out of Space I'm really excited about. I think Nicolas Cage is still a good actor. He's obviously not where he used to be with this shit. But he's still good enough. And I'm excited to see it. I don't know if it's a period piece. The thing that I'm most excited about for this project is... The director is Richard Stanley. I don't know if I've ever brought him up on here before, but he's one of my favorite directors that never got a clear shot at this because he directed uh, a movie called Hardware that came out, I think, in 1991, either 90, 91, or 92. And it's based on a short story that was a Judge Dredd spinoff about, what was it called, The Scorched Earth or The Cursed Earth, the shit that's out, Mega City 1, in the Judge Dredd series. It was in 2000 AD, that old uh, comic book thing from the UK. And, uh, hold up, guys, I gotta take, I gotta wet my whistle. There we go. 2000 AD, that, it's like heavy metal. Same exact thing as heavy metal out of the UK, which I believe heavy metal was, too. It was a short story in there about, uh, a, a guy who's like a, uh, collector, and he's out in the cursed earth, and he discovers this robot thing, brings it back to his house where his girl is a, I think, sculptor, and she makes a sculpture out of it. But then, of course, things go crazy. Hardware is amazing. It has Iggy Pop and Lemmy. Both are in this fucking movie. Richard Stanley, the guy that directed it. So he did that one, and then he did another one. He's from South Africa. He did another one called um, Dust Devil, which was even crazier and I liked it a lot. And that one had that crazy, the crazy motherfucker from Snake in the Rainbow, uh, Serpent in the Rainbow. Uh, he's like, always when they need a voodoo guy, they get this dude. He's in this one. He's really scary in it. And uh, there's two versions of Dust Devil, though. There's a regular, I guess it was a theatrical, which is all right. But then there's the director's cut that's much better and explains everything very clearly. Richard Stanley was a very underrated talent who, in my opinion, never got his chance and he did those two features, and he was supposed to do that Island of Dr. Moreau movie that has Brando and Val Kilmer in it. And I've read up on this. I, I don't want to like try and look into it and get all into it, but something went completely wrong, and it messed him up, and it kind of blackballed him for a while, and he's done some other kind of random work. I think he's done some documentaries and shorts. He directed a uh, 
thing in a movie that was like uh, anthology where they had a bunch of different horror directors on it and he was one of them. Regardless, he hasn't done a feature film since Dust Devil, which I think came out in like 93. I think uh, Hardware's from 90 or 91. Those are his only two features and I strongly recommend both. If you can somehow get your hands on them and watch them, I don't know which one I like better. Just talking about Richard Stanley, that's a deep dive. I should do an episode about Dragged Cross Concrete and I'll do an episode about Richard Stanley and just break down everything about this. Or maybe do that in one episode. If nothing happens next week, maybe I'll do all that. But the reason I bring all this up about the color out of space, Lovecraft, Richard Stanley, Lemmy and Iggy, the whole crew, is that the color out of space trailer dropped a couple days ago on YouTube. And I have been seeing it all over the place on Twitter, on like horror festivals. I've been following it. I've known about it for maybe a month or a month and a half. And I just seen a bunch of people going to horror festivals, film festivals, and watching it and talking about it. And I was like, God damn it, I can't get my hands on it. I looked it up on Prime and Netflix, whatever, every outlet I could. I tried to look it up on like the bootleg sites too, but it was there's no access. So the trailer dropped, and it's, I don't know if it's coming out on Netflix. It's going to be on one of those things, like Hulu, Netflix, Prime, one of those things. But uh, any of the Lovecraft heads out there, check that out. Nicolas Cage, The Color Out of Space. Richard Stanley, and actually, you know, it's funny, on the, uh, on the trailer, it says, the return of filmmaker Richard Stanley, and it was funny, because I sent it to Nikki, my dad, this week, because he was the one who put me on to Lovecraft, I remember I brought a Lovecraft book to fucking school in Texas for fourth grade reading time, and I think the teachers were like, this, this kid's worshipping saint, they almost fucking West Memphis 3 me at that book, thank God there wasn't a murder in the town. Would have had me on trial quick. It was Arlington. It wasn't Arkansas. Well, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> Arlington, Texas. Just, yeah, that's where the Cowboys play. Um, so, yeah, check out Colorado Space Trailer. Check out the movie when it comes out. I think it's coming out soon. Watch Fight Club just to piss that asshole off. Watch Dragged Across Concrete. Watch Joker. All these things. You know, I, there, I have a whole rant to do. Because there's been some uh, kind of political upheaval. Some right-on-right crime, as I would say. Where you have uh, these people, Conservative Inc. Versus the Groypers, the alt-right, the, uh, the whatever, paleo-conservatives, whatever they, whatever they want to dress it up to be nice. Both these two factions can go fuck themselves, in my opinion. But again, I'm an anarchist. I, I'm at a point now where... It, I'm just a full-blown anarchist. I don't have to... I, I think we should just destroy our government as it is and rebuild it from the ground up because it's not a free market capitalism. It's not socialism. It's some bizarre mix of crony capitalism fucking over working-class people. This is why things lead to things like fascism and communism and socialism and, you know, whatever. It never leads to less government. Which, because people always are looking for a demagogue and a savior. I, I don't believe in that. But, I mean, it's weird, too, because, like, usually someone's religious, which I, I, would, I would still consider myself Catholic. I was born and raised Catholic. I was, it's weird, because I was an atheist, probably, or I just didn't, from when I was 12 till I was, like, uh, what was it, like, 21, when uh, one of my first friends went to the other side too soon. 
it made me reconsider some of um, my rebellious thoughts. Rebellious? What am I, a fucking Puritan? But anyway, there is some. You know, there's all these civil wars going on in the Democrat Party. It's the fucking uh, the radical left in quotes. I mean, what what is that? I don't know. Um, and the moderate left again in quotes. What is? I think they all kind of sound the same to me. They all just want to any problem you have, slap government on it. That's how they think. And now I'll tell you, some of these. I've I, Elizabeth Warren. She's full of shit. No, I do like Bernie Sanders on some level, and I'll, and that my fucking, all my conservative buddies are pulling their hair out. They probably want to fucking commit seppuku right now. But this is what I say about Bernie. And I've stuck by this since I know about him. I agree with all of his complaints. Almost lockstep. Almost all of his complaints. Or at least early on, for sure, when he first came on the scene. But uh, his solutions will make his complaints worse. That's historically, we can point to evidence. And I'm an empirical evidence kind of guy. So, I don't know. There's just a lot of populist movements springing up. Again, it all comes from, there's one thing that stuck out in my head. I know I'm going off on a tangent. I'm going to end this soon because we're about at a half hour now. I think I'm going to do a dragged across concrete little thing. And then maybe this Richard Stanley deep dive leading up to Colorado Space. You know. But. Uh, I'm just going to say this. Believe what you believe. I'm a live and let live guy. Where does that place me on the political scale? I have absolutely no effing idea. Why did I say effing on a something that barely anyone listens to? And, uh, you know. Just something I just poured myself the last bullet bourbon. And you guys know I'm getting a little loose on a Friday. Last night, last night I had two drinks, but then I ended up having a lot of can- leftover Halloween candy. As I brought up last week, that that was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. Anyway, I'm going to end it there, y'all. We could keep going. I, I could get into detail about this right-on-right crime and this left-on-left crime and this go-fuck-yourself impeachment 2020. I haven't brought up politics since I started doing the podcast again, but maybe I'll do another episode that's primarily about something like that. I'd rather have somebody on the right and somebody on the left in here with me and kind of moderate a uh, debate. Because I see validity in both sides. The real left, not the corporate press and not the fucking bullshit, like, the real, the, I, I have a lot more in common with a commie than a, uh, than a fucking, this fake, weird, USA liberal shit, that, that, it's just so progressive, which is horrible. Progressive started with TR, Teddy Roosevelt, and Woodrow Wilson, and I think both of them were fucking Republicans, so, that just tells you where we're at. Anyway, y'all, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube, Mike Rips YouTube. <clears throat> Check out my uh, blog on Tumblr, the short stories. Check out all the music on YouTube and on Spotify and all that. And I love y'all. I'm out. Peace.